0: Thanks for tuning to Digital Voices Podcast, where we chat digital transformation, challenges, and opportunities across healthcare and life sciences. And now, your host, Ed Marks. Hi, Ed Marks here. Welcome to Digital Voices. One of my favorite topics is nursing in informatics and all things digital and leadership. And so there's no one better. Amongst the best, uh, then Anna Schoenbaum. Did I say her r- last name right?
1: That's correct.
0: Yeah, because we're going to talk about the last name a little bit later. Because I think I have an idea of where, where what the the background to your, to your name is. But um, you're a, you have a doctorate in nursing practice. That is and, correct. Yeah, and you're in leadership and doing some pretty amazing things, reimagining healthcare through innovative digital transformation. So, super excited to talk to you. But first, producer Megan, what do you think about having nurses that work in digital?
1: I think that it's really empowering. Um, they're, they're on the ground, they're you know running things day to day, saving lives and immersed in the technology. And and who better to know how to improve it than the people who are using it?
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And that's why when uh, Ann and I connected, I, I knew immediately we wanted you Anna on our podcast because I knew you'd have some really super insights that many of us who don't have a clinical background uh just don't have so we really met online basically through LinkedIn and just kind of seeing what you were doing and very progressive and so I was like I I definitely want to talk to Anna and see what's up and you work at a great um at Penn um Penn Med or uh part of the University of Pennsylvania Health and uh So, you know, being uh, a doctorate in nursing, working in digital, working at a great organization, you know, I know we'll have a great conversation. So uh, the first question, Anna, that everyone wants me to ask of all of our guests is what's on your playlist? So what kind of music do you like to listen to?
1: So I'm a traditionalist and classic, I like classic, and so I love Journey and I love Queen. Um, I'm a runner um, and... I will put on Queen, especially at the end of a race or at the end of a run, and I just really go into kind of my own mode um, when listening to Queen in the last half mile or mile usually and just get pumped up and finish it so I can just get it across the finish line. So that is a motivator for me.
0: So is there a particular album or song by Queen that's one of your favorites?
1: I love fat bottom girls. Um, <laughs> it is. I just love it. It's, it if I had a um, song when I got up to the, um, if, it was, if I was on a baseball team and I it was my batting song, that would be it. It is motivational. And I just run really fast and I just love the beat and it just keeps me going. But I'm not sure if that's uh, appropriate.
0: No, I think it's, it's all fair game. You know, my favorite Queen song. So I have two or three songs I listen to to get right before a race to get hyped up. One of them's a Queen song called Don't Stop Me Now. Yes. Don't stop me now. OK, I won't keep singing. Um, but yeah, I'm a I'm a huge uh, Queen fan. And I love that album too uh, with Fat Bomb Girls. I think it was all that not all that jazz, but jazz, which is called jazz. I think the name of that album. And in fact, I had, so this kind of dates me, Anna, I had the original album, the vinyl and inside was a poster of this scene. And I won't go into the details. You just use your imagination, but they actually brought out a bunch of people to ride bicycles uh, and took a big picture. And it was like inside the sleeve of the, of the actual, Uh, album. So uh, yeah, it's classic. It's just good classic uh, music and uh, yeah, what a great band. What about a life's message or mantra? Is there a quote or something sort of words that you live by?
1: I do. um, You know, I like um, Mandela and just the one that uh, notes that individuals can make a difference, but going forward, we can change the world. And I I think it is to just go forward and change the world. I, I added, going forward together to change the world. I just added, um, and then for my team, when I got introduced to my new team, I put um, as my opening remarks is, individuals can make a difference, but we can rock the world. And um, I truly think that we can make an impact um, all together.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, one person can make an impact, but when you're a team, yeah, it's just exponential for sure. So I want to hear a little bit about your story, you know, uh, personal and professional, um, and then and then after that, I want to ask you about your last name. So, but tell us about a little bit about your story and your journey.
1: So you know, I have one of those stories that um, of how I came to America, and um, I was born in Korea, but I came to America early on because my, it, there was a nursing shortage, and my mom's a nurse. So she, we came to America due to the nursing shortage.
0: Wow. Uh,
1: two suitcases and one large duffel bag filled of blankets and whatever memorabilia. But, um, and, um, you know, just really got the taste of just nursing and raised in a family regarding service. And I became a pediatric critical care nurse out of nursing school and always worked in academic medical centers from Atlanta, Chapel Hill, just all up and down the East Coast. And um, then now I'm in Philadelphia. Um, Just back through my nursing journey, I did critical care bedside. And then I went into management at a very, very early age. And I just loved leadership. And I love managing a team moving us forward. And then um, I decided to go back to Get my master's in something and um, went into a field for informatics. And this was before Meaningful Use, before the High Tech Act. So it was early on. And I just always gravitated just adding technology and just improving um, workflows and processes along the way. And um, joined a CPOE team, right, Um, at one of the hospitals and um, implemented their um, CPOE system and then moved to a bigger academic center at University of Maryland and then moved on to Penn Medicine. And along the way, I got my doctorate as well as um, joining professional organizations along the way to um, give back. And then with my doctorate, I also teach, also giving back to the community because I um, truly Believe in investing in the future and always about academia. That's why I just love academics, research, and education.
0: No, that's an amazing journey. And your mom must have been super proud of you getting your DNP.
1: Oh, absolutely. My dad, too. Yeah. Yeah, Because they always believed in nursing. And um, so it was great. Yeah. American story.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. My wife is similar, except out of India, you know, and um, that's pretty cool. So again, that's why I wanted to have you here. And then tell us about your name though, because your last name uh, sounds German to me.
1: It is, it's my married name. It means beautiful tree. Yeah. Um, my main name is Sohn, which it could also be for German, but it's um, it's a Korean name, but it's um, Sohn. Um, and um, so anyway, I married into the beautiful tree family.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. So again, similar to my story where my wife, Nurse, DNP, out of coming from India. And then uh, I'm German. So uh, it, it makes for a beautiful combination for sure. So tell us a little bit about your role today. You know, you do, uh, you serve in population health or digital health and population health. Uh, tell us a little bit about your role and responsibilities. Yep.
1: Yeah. So I am the vice president of application and digital health at Penn Medicine. So I oversee a broad suite of application and digital solution. And, uh, you know, we're focused on transforming the, really the health ecosystem to improve health and achieve health equity. I oversee the core electronic health record system and all the ancillary system, which includes clinical imaging, lab, third-party clinical solution, IS training, and education, the predictive health team, and the digital health team.
0: That's all, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's a <laughs> that, that's pretty amazing. Um, that's a wide breadth and depth. That's quite the responsibility. Can you share with us any like key initiatives that might be of interest?
1: Yeah, so we have a lot of things going on in patient care delivery research and education. So maybe the top priorities for this year is, you know, continue to develop our care delivery model, whether it's on the different care settings, whether it's ambulatory, inpatient, or and or home health, but now also virtual settings. Yeah. So that's another delivery. So our telehealth and just our delivery um, innovations have changed. And, um, you know, if you want me to talk about each um, different settings, I'd be happy to. We've added in just clinician wellness initiatives. We want to make sure that we focus on reducing burnout, um, emphasizing productivity, effectiveness, and um, make sure we're taking care of our people. We're also looking at um, just personalized medicine. We're one of the first hospitals. Or health systems to implement our EHR genomics module, and we have a lot of efforts there in um, the genomics and um, moving toward the development of personalized medicine.
0: Yeah, I I have uh, a couple questions for you based on what you were just sharing. So. With clinician wellness, I love that whole the fact that there's such a emphasis on that because, as we know, it's a, a major issue. Can you share like one thing that might be of interest that that you're doing to to help with the clinician burnout issue?
1: Yes, so we are. You know, one of our um, our CEO just mentioned that in a couple of years he would like us to be keyboard um c- keyboardless, right? Nice. Using that keyboardless. Yes. So we're um, investing. um, technology that will help lighten the load of our clinician and our providers. So it's either some people tag it as ambient scribing or ambient um, listening type of um, modality. And so we're trying to see what settings would work, but it's for a focus on providers as well as nursing eventually.
0: You know, the fact that you have a CEO who would Share that sort of vision and have that future in mind. That says a lot about your organization, right there. And what a great—you know—I always, I always envied uh, peers who were serving, and I and I was serving in one of those organizations too, where you have a very visionary leader who then supports the investment required, you know, to do some of those things. What about telehealth? So you know, we all saw a huge spike, obviously, during the. The, the early and mid parts of the pandemic to virtual care. And depending on the organizations, you know, somewhat 50%, 60, 70, 80, the average has come down quite a bit now that we're more normalized and understand COVID a little bit better. Do you, where do you think we're headed? So, you know, today the average, it might be like 10 to 15%, again, depending on the organization, but where do you think we're headed? Do you think it's going to increase over time or is going to stay there? What, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, you know, I think it's real important to treat our patients where they want to be treated. So we need to meet the needs, and I think it may change depending on the patient population. Um, I think that there is, um, in just telehealth in general, the different capabilities, I think it's going to change and evolve, whether it is the virtual visit. Definitely, it seems that behavioral health, mental health, um, that telemedicine is seems to be the right strike. We just implemented the our EHR um, video client this past week. Um, just making sure we have a platform that is sustainable and long term. So that just went live and it's already already had a ton of visits and going very smoothly. Um, so I do think that. It may take a dip, but I don't know if it'll dip anymore um, or it'll continue to rise because I think the. So I think you know we need to be um, really meet the patient where they want to um, have their um, care taken. So we want to meet there where they want to be met, and that requires a um, different methodologies or different manners of delivering care, and so I do think virtual care is gonna stay. Um, But I think it depends on with what population and how. With hospital at home, that may increase some of the virtual um, uh, remote monitoring capabilities as people want to be cared for closer to home or in their home. Um, Also with um, just maybe the younger population, that they prefer some certain well visits to be more done virtually than driving back into the, um, a practice. So I think it's going to be, blended may say, sustainable. And then also um, it seems to work really well with mental health. Um, our behavioral health uh, implementation just went live with our EHR vendor. We ha- we've had it live, but we're going to a different platform and that just went live this past week. And it- we already have a slew of visits that have been done successfully virtually on a different platform.
0: That's great. No, and I love the I loved how you started out talking about, you know, meeting the patients where they are and, you know, providing them different alternatives. So I want to switch. Yeah, I just wanted everyone to hear a little bit about the great things that you're doing uh, in your organization and, and really leading the way. Uh, But I want to switch now into nursing a little bit. So you you told us a little bit about your career progression. You got your master's in informatics. So what was your first role, like outside of the bedside, into sort of an IT role, if you will?
1: So even as a patient care service manager, um, I was going to get get my master's, and um, I had a great boss. And the boss said, you know, what else do you need after you graduated or during my I think during school. And I said, you know, I would love to spend a day down in I.T. <laughs> and she goes, okay well, go talk to them." So I went and talked to the people in I.T. And one day a week I would go down and meet with an analyst and I began working on order sets. Who else? But for my department, for women's <laughs> and children. And it was a win win. First of all, they didn't they had the subject matter expert, um, me or I had can go to a colleague to get that developed and to bounce um, ideas or the design. So that was really kind of the first taste. And then uh, the organization ended up creating a position, a full-time position once I completed my master's.
0: That's cool. And again, you know, a lot of parallels uh, with my wife, Simran, who was also in in women and child services and and came over, dipped her toes a little bit in IT and suddenly, you know, she's in it. Uh, So that's really cool. How do you think nursing... Uh, prepares you for, you know, roles like that and your current role?
1: So, you know, nursing is, has great foundations and great theory and concepts. And, but when you get onto the floor, you have some hands-on experience And every day for nurses, they use their critical thinking, right? And so in informatics or implementation, you have to use that critical thinking, but having that clinical foundation of doing an assessment, right? Got to assess the problem. What's the problem you're trying to solve? And then figure out what's the best intervention and then always to assess. Um, so you kind of follow the same um, nursing assessment and um, providing the treatment and then monitoring the patient. And if you kind of flip that to some of the IT project, it can kind of be a nice complement and a nice tool set for anybody who's interested in going into health IT um, or and or informatics.
0: Yeah, along those lines, and maybe, Anna, your story already answers the question, but what advice would you have for nurses who desire to, you know, cross over and have a more digital role?
1: So I think, you know, is if you're already in a health system, is to go talk to people that has the interest so that they can guide you. If you're not in a health system that has a informatics or health IT and is smaller because it's um, maybe a community hospital or just an agency that doesn't, then get knowledgeable. I call it the four Gs, um, but for you to get knowledge um, about wh- what you want to do and how you want to get there, so short and long term, um, But you need to get knowledge um, by reading, going back to school, going to conferences. Um, And if that doesn't work, it's also along that line is to get involved. There's so many professional organizations, whether it's the nursing organization or health IT or other professional organization. Get involved because you're going to start networking. So you'll get to be able to ask those questions on how to get a certain area of um, interest because nursing informatics or health informatics or health IT it can happen in multiple settings across this yeah. really across the industry you can go down the vendor you can go down in the healthcare system public agencies in academia but get involved so you can network with people to gain experience and as you gain this experience and develop these relationship is to be gracious right? to have that turnaround time to just thank people along the way and develop those relationships because you never know, that person may remember you when they are thinking about expanding their team and they may come and tap you on the shoulder. And then if you're really interested, it's really up to you. You gotta get going. You really have to make it a priority to get into your short-term, but then always look to your long-term goal.
0: That's awesome. I like the way that you phrase them too, is the four, the four G's, right? So that was good. Um, yeah, those are very practical. Very good. So let's, let's shift over into leadership a little bit. So we talked a lot about your role and what you're doing and and the great initiatives that you have going. We talked about nursing and digital, and then I want to talk about leadership. But my first kind of crossover question is what was the focus of your DNP study? So I know to get your doctorate, there is a particular focus you might have.
1: I was very fortunate, and I um, looked at promoting interoperability. And so I spent time with um, Maryland State HIE, which I think is one of the best in the country. Um, It's known as CRISP, and um, just really understood how they worked, but also to provide some interoperability with um, University of Maryland Medical System, where I worked then. And just to help with the just sharing of data, understanding workflow. But one of the focus that I did was on the prescription drug monitoring program that was just coming out and the whole process of getting people registered, how to access that information and then how to utilize it and then also to integrate it into your EHR.
0: That's great. Yeah. Whenever you're getting a master's or doctorate, when you can combine it into the work that you're already doing, that's always uh, really favorable. Obviously you get super deep expertise uh, in what you're doing and provide a lot of additional insights. So you're also super involved in hymns. You alluded to that earlier. How has that helped shape you? Do you, you know, do you recommend getting involved and you know, what did it do for you?
1: It did. Um, you know, I, somebody asked me to just join the um, state chapter um, board of directors. And uh, it was a really great time in my life where I was kind of status quo and I needed to um, just I think things have some little bit more professional development. So it's just awareness, hey, I needed to do that. But it was also at the same time I was going for my doctorate. So anyway, it was big whammy. But HIMSS has made, had a significant impact on me as a leader in healthcare. Um, it's just really the organization has just provided resources but then that connection to make me a better leader and a change maker in healthcare. The people that are involved in that you run uh, run into, it, they're just so passionate about what they do. And then again, together you can really make a difference, whether it's participating on work groups, um, holding conferences um, for others, um, writing a white paper that's gonna be pushed up to the Capitol. Um, developing guidelines for social determinants of health, and that's a toolkit. Um, Just sharing information with other nurse leaders or other healthcare leaders, being involved on the innovation committee and understanding the latest trends. It just is really um, a great group that you can come together really to shape the world.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I've had great, I owe much of my career success to all the time I've spent with hymns, and still spend a lot of it, uh, a lot of time with hymns today. That's great. What's the most important advice anyone ever gave you?
1: Um, you know, I have, I have two. Can I do two?
0: Yeah, of course. Okay.
1: So one was, it is an honor to take care of patients. Earlier in my career, when I was a bedside nurse, my husband just made a profound statement one time, one day, and he was in med school and he just said, you know, it's an honor to take care of patients. And, and cause he, I would come home with just great stories. And, and if you think about it, is that it truly is an honor and you should always think about that. Where is it in, in one profession that you are in a crisis and people have opened their lives to you in a very vulnerable state. And, um, to be a part of somebody's illness, whether it's a birth or, um, or death or in a really critical situation. And I always thought about that every time I take care of patients or even designing solutions. And, um, and, and one of the things I remember is that I left, um, Chapel Hill. I used to work at Chapel Hill and went to Baltimore and came back for a visit five years later and went into a restaurant and. Um, a parent comes up to me or a lady comes up to me and said, hey, are you nurse, Anna? And I said, yes. And she goes, "Did you used to work in the pediatric ICU at Chapel Hill? And I said, yes. And she goes, we pray for you every day.
0: Wow. And because
1: you took care of our daughter when she was really ill and they had left to go move. But she ended up having her baby before the move. And so she was separated from her husband. And I, you know, I just take care of patients the way I want to be um, be yeah. taken care of or my family members. But I thought that statement just really kept, stayed with me. And I just don't have as many stories like that anymore because I'm behind the scenes or I'm at the, uh, or aside by my colleagues who are taking care of patients. But I hold on to those stories because yeah. I want them to be able to spend time with their patients And not necessarily be in the EHR. I want them to have that connections with the families and then to make sure that it's an honor to be able to do that. So that's how I kind of approach my job.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. That's a great uh, story. What about time for yourself? So you're a very ambitious person, clearly, you know, with your degrees and and your, you know, where you've reached in your in your career and, and then being involved with hymns and the other things, I'm sure you're involved with a lot more outside of work too. I can sort of tell. And how do you sort of uh, remain fresh and, and, uh, energetic?
1: Well, I, tr- I, I, you know, I am a, um, social runner, um, but I do marathons. Um, I'm just not, <laughs> I don't say I'm a real runner because I'm not very fast, but I run And I try to do at least one marathon, um, maybe a year. I was hoping to retire, but I'm only at nine marathons, so I want to try to get that 10. Um, And maybe I will retire after that um, to more half marathons. But I try to do running. I took up mountain biking at a very late age. um, That is really um, adventurous and very challenging and heart palpitating. But um, I try to do something new and energizing, and um, I I enjoy the athletic component just to get steam out, but also to stay healthy.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, to to uh, combine again, I'm all about combining different aspects of life because it makes for a more full life, and you can fit everything in. And so you're like combining sort of that exercising where you're also getting sort of that peace of mind, that mental clarity, and and just recharging the batteries, if you will. So. Um, That's super, that's super great. So we talked a lot of, about a lot of things, everything from uh, where you came from in your journey, which is fascinating. Uh, Your current role, the great things at uh, Penn Medicine, Uh, then about being a nurse and being a nurse in tech and digital. And then uh, finally, we sort of ended up on leadership uh, in general. Is there something we missed, Anna, or something that we talked about that you had a last word on?
1: No, I have been absolutely very fortunate um, in my career. And I, you know, am at Penn Medicine, I have incredible people. And one of the things is, you know, if you love what you do and you enjoy it, it really is um, not work at all, but it really is a love and passion. I believe the role I have is the best of all worlds. You know, it combines my clinical background, my leadership, and, um, and health IT and just, um, just absolutely fortunate to surround myself with such good people and to build the relationships that I have. Um, so I'm just thankful and gracious um, and um, of the journey I've had, it's been wonderful.
0: Yeah. And I I can guarantee it's not done yet. You've got a long path ahead of you. I I see you. uh, You'll be CIO of an uh, academic medical center uh, in no time at all. So thank you, Anna, for being our guest. Fascinating story. Like I said, uh, at the top, uh, just, you know, your, your entire background. So thank you for being our guest. All right. That wraps up another drop of Digital Voices.